0: I'm Arthur Falls, and this time on the Internet Computer Weekly, I'm joined by Human Shadab and Wyatt Beno. Thanks for joining me, guys. Now, you're part of ICME, and right now this is a two-man team. But given that you're providing a pretty rich no-code experience, initially just for websites, but with much grander plans in the future, I'd expect your team to be growing pretty quickly. What are you guys' backgrounds and how did you get into no code?
1: I'm a lawyer by training. I've always been interested in technology. I'm a law professor. I've done startups and I got into no code because I've wanted to build. Writing articles and doing research is great, teaching classes, I love it. But I have a builder mentality, definitely now an entrepreneurial mentality. And I was sitting there reading JavaScript books and how to do Python. But I just did not have the time and frankly probably the competence to really get there. found bubble and the no code movement in two thousand probably sixteen and just really fell in love with that. It was so empowering. I could really do tutorials and, and after six months a year of learning bubble, I just felt so much different from the ability to like build things myself without code and then once the ability to start to connect no code stuff to crypto or blockchain began to come out, however incrementally that really spurred me on as well. So that's how I got into no-code myself.
0: And what you're actually based in Japan, which is interesting because <laughs> I don't normally think of Japan as a startup hotspot.
2: Yeah, my background is actually with VCs in Japan and also the West Coast, private equity. I build projects from the very beginning. I've been doing it for almost a decade for both the VC space and the PE space. This project actually started off with me being interested in the technology behind the IC itself. Playing around with it for a bit, I just thought of the normal person. (laughs) If a normal person would have to do the stuff that I had to do, it would make it very hard for the IC to get adopted. So I looked at all the technology solutions that were there for Web2, and we plan on picking the best ones and bringing them to the IC with our no-code builder.
0: So to take this straight to product so that the audience has some context, You've got the ICME website builder that's deployed and live. I've been playing around with it today and it is incredibly easy to set up a kind of a WordPress-like site with potentially a blog, highly customized. I mean, it looks pretty good and it handles well.
2: Yeah, the technology stack that we chose to use is responsive out of the box. We really don't want our users to be focusing on tiny details like, hey, will this work on mobile or will this work on tablet?" Basically, everything that you deploy from iCME will be out-of-the-box, well-designed, and responsive. So we really want to take those decisions out of the user's hands and do it as best as we can just from the builder itself.
0: Drawing the dots between a website builder and no code, I mean, it's obvious to anyone that, you know, a website builder doesn't require you to write any code, but what's the no-code movement?
1: In my opinion, the no-code movement really is a movement in, you know, Building software in the creator economy even broader, that enables and empowers basically anyone to start to build software in a serious way. That's software that's powerful, customizable, scalable, all those good things without having to go and learn how to code. Obviously, code is important. Coders are very important. But overcoming that hurdle and not having to come over it in the first place, I think, is so amazing. And empowering for people like lawyers and law students and professional service providers, not to mention creators of all sorts and builders of all sorts, really opening the floodgates to basically anyone with an idea, good or bad, to build software and to not have to hire developers and so forth. That's, to me, what the no-code movement or revolution really is about in a way that in some respects, maybe it's an exaggeration, but in like the printing press, And universal sort of education and literacy was empowering. I really think that no code will add to the GDP of economies because so much cost savings will happen.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose you can see this as a kind of a rung on the ladder of bringing human language and human interaction closer to the language or mechanism of action of computers. Initially, you could write in machine code. Presumably, that's how original computers were programmed, going way back to you know Xerox PARC, right? And we developed these languages to bridge the gap and make it easier for humans to interact with this bare metal. And the no-code movement takes this
2: yet another step further. Yeah, I think the history behind it is kind of Encoded in the internet, if you do historical searches on Google, you'll figure out the first WordPress that ever came out, etc. But even today, I would say it started maybe in the PHP era with WordPress. And the market need there was marketers, salespeople, bloggers who want to do small updates to their sites continuously, but don't want to contact a developer each time they want those updates. And even today, 30% of Web 2.0 is on WordPress, which is amazing because the technology is so old. And normally in technology circles, things get phased out pretty quickly. So it started with these layout builders. And recently, being more deeper into the code, we can do custom actions. Uh, Bubble is a good example of that. We can basically customize all the actions that are within your site. As Web 3.0 comes out, I imagine it'll be much the same. We will have DAP like features. NFT-like features that allow people to deep dive into the actions of their site rather than just being a front end website.
0: I just want to touch on initially one thing. There, you mentioned the PHP error, and this is back in the day of having a database that stores essentially the content for your website, and that database is hosted in a, say, an Apache web server, and you communicate with that Apache web server through PHP that connects to HTML on your website. Is that the stack?
2: It's been a long time. <laughs> I think that's about right. Facebook actually still uses PHP for a lot of its services. The main thing with PHP was you can dynamically load things into your code. If you want to make a change that would be pushed and so people could see it live, I'm pretty sure the reason why PHP was popular is because you can dynamically load. I can drop a new PHP file in and next time someone would go to that page, they would be able to see it. So it was very useful for building things like WordPress because you can push themes or updates, upgrades, blog posts, and pretty much have them hot-deployed live. What followed that era was, I would say, the Ruby on Rails kind of automation background era, where it was all about developer-friendliness. The developers can use a few command lines to make a whole application within a week, rather than doing the whole PHP process, which is, in my opinion, a very verbose language. Other developers might not feel the same way.
0: It's one of the only languages I've ever used. Personally, I built a website like back in 2013 or something from the ground up just to see how all the stuff worked. And that's how I did it. I've never, ever gone back. Maybe that tells you something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people experiment with code like myself. I have fits and starts, but it does take a lot of focus and a lot of upkeep because things change. But no code, as you were saying, Arthur, is a definite level of abstraction above everything else. And I think a very natural progression of how technology works. And the history of the no code technology is also interesting because it has been tried before so many ways, unsuccessfully, like an enterprise. And a lot of coders, modern coders, are interestingly kind of Luddites when it comes to no code because they feel like they've been there, done that in the 90s and the early 2000s. But this new generation of no code tools, like Bubble and so forth, is taking things to a different level. And I think ICME is really a part of that next evolution in it, including bringing it to Web3 for the first time. I mean, plugins and everything are great. You know, Web2 to like send a little bit of data to Ethereum and all that. But if you dig deep into the no-code plugins for blockchain that exists now, they're still very much kind of half-baked, quasi-centralized or very centralized solutions, which are still a good step in the direction but you know building something really on chain like why it's done is really i think revolutionary in its own right quite frankly and that no one's done yet it's super exciting
0: okay so we've followed this through from conception to no code on web3 what gave you guys the idea to build on the internet computer it's interesting that you both came to it independently as well so i figure there's two interesting stories here
1: yeah, I'd been following the Definity Foundation's project since like 2017. I had the luck of meeting and the fortune of being some of the early folks in the project, like Dominic and so forth, early on back then. So I just sort of tracked and did some advising for one of the projects that was part of it. And so I just kept you know in touch in terms of following it online. And I got to just come to the conclusion that, yes, it is, even within the Web3 space, very much a revolutionary technology certainly in its own right, because of the full-scale decentralization it offers, as well as you know, the more specific, discrete technologies that seem to be real innovations that enable a lot of amazing things. And so that was my angle specifically for the internet computer. And so far, it's been pretty exciting to watch the ecosystem grow, and I'm glad to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, for me, it was that the technology was the first one to have the entire thing on chain. So it's not a front-end on AWS and a back-end on Ethereum. The full thing is on-chain, all the front-end, all the back-end, which for me is pretty revolutionary. So from that, I started exploring more into IC coding. And one of the main languages used for IC is actually called Motoko, which is a functional-based programming language. And even most developers aren't good with functional-type programming languages. Diving in, playing around, I'm like, hey, this is pretty awesome. There's a lot of power here. I would like to have it so that normal people could also experience the same thing. But that was the main driver for me to start with ICMe. It was to get the power I was seeing of the IC into the hands of normal people. It feels like we're really hitting stride
0: now. It's cool to see you guys emerge because, you know, for a while there, we had these projects that were incubated within Definity, which were linked up, ultimately became District, Open Chat, CanCan, never really went anywhere. And then we had a few others pop up, but it didn't feel like the ecosystem had momentum. But it kind of does now with you guys and DMAIL as well, seem pretty interesting. It does feel like we're starting to see a ramification of new and interesting projects.
1: Yep. And I do think the Internet Computer fulfills the vision of what blockchain could be, public blockchains, that I think Ethereum did try to be in so many ways. In my previous startup, we thought of using Ethereum to run smart legal contracts, but it was just too slow and expensive. It didn't scale. And I think now with this, like you can call it a new generation of layer ones or what have you, especially with internet computer, it really is fulfilling that vision of this public world computer, internet computer, call it what you want. And I think the fact that a no-code builder could be built so fast on it really speaks volumes to the technology. And it's accessibility and adaptability for that, including, of course, the scalability and the lack of expensive gas fees, not to mention, of course, to why it's talents and doing so itself.
2: I also think the macro environment is helping it out a lot. Facebook going down, whatever it was a week ago, just showed why we need a service like the Internet Computer to keep our data safe. When you're running something on the internet, it's much harder for one of the main providers, AWS, Google, Facebook, to shut it down. And also, if they have technical problems, they're not your technical problem, which I think for anyone building a new company or a new service on the internet is very important. If you're relying on these heavy cloud providers, your data might not be safe, and also you're relying on them to stay up the entire time.
0: It's interesting. I mean, the original vision of Ethereum was to have three different parts to it a registry, blockchain, and execution layer, which was what we know as Ethereum, storage, which was Swarm, and secure messaging, which was Whisper. Whisper was a red herring. I think they picked that up out of Wade's B-Money paper, but it wasn't really necessary. So that got kind of discarded. Swarm never came to fruition, but we did get Filecoin. But then Ethereum, the execution and registry layer, that never really scaled. And even the scaling that it does look like we're going to get is pretty weak. So that vision that was ideated by the Ethereum kind of gang back in 2014 it just was never delivered on until Definity but Definity itself and you know Dom's vision for the internet computer that is derived wholesale from that original world computer concept and I think when you look at some of these other ones like you know let's say Cardano isn't really one to speak about because it doesn't work yet. I don't know why it's so heavily, like, heavily traded. There's nothing there. That's not correct, but it's not running. But um, like, for example, Solana just seems like this incredible Ethereum killer. But the problem is it's an Ethereum killer. It's not a global and scalable decentralized computing platform that can run rich software and store volumes of data.
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at the ecosystem, I was saying if you look at the ecosystem in Definity already, it's a pretty balanced base, I think, of applications that are consumer facing, social media, to video games, to NFTs, to infrastructure and DeFi. It seems to be pretty wide ranging, and of course, the no-code builder. But if you look at other ecosystems, they certainly seem to focus on maybe heavily on DeFi, like probably Solana does as well as you know, Ethereum has a lot of infrastructure projects, a lot of DeFi, a lot of gambling and prediction markets. But I don't know, and I don't think there's an equivalent of you know, a social media district or open chat on Ethereum, in part because it wouldn't work and it's too expensive. And I think that says a lot about the DFINITY ecosystem, that they are trying to really bring blockchain to the masses. Yeah, I think it's an interesting
2: way to think about it is that we had BTC, which was the store of value, ETH, which was the first virtual contracts. And now we have virtual applications on-chain, which is just evolution after evolution. We can do things from one and two, but we're already at stage three, which is everything on the chain.
0: I'm trying to think of the example, the exception that proves the rule, but I'm drawing a blank right now. I know there are some social media
2: applications
0: on Ethereum. It's funny, you know, I just haven't really... <laughs> haven't really thought about it in that <laughs> way for so long. I'm pretty
2: sure if we looked back and found them, they would have a front-end that's on something like AWS or another copywriter and have a back-end that sometimes interacts with Ethereum. It's just too expensive to do everything on Ethereum. I'm completely guessing, but we can look it up again.
0: I don't think that's necessary. I think we can draw an inference. <laughs> so with all this laid out, what is the long-term plan for ICME? What more products do you intend to produce other than just a website builder?
2: Currently, right now, we're actually working on all the smart contract, smart code features. So all the things you would be able to do programming directly on the IC with a developer, you will be able to do most of those things pretty shortly on Me creating NFTs, creating dApps, being paid in ICP. The next thing is definitely allowing people to have actions in their sites. Right now, it's pretty static, pretty front-end only, but we're continuously adding more actions. An example would be click here to allow someone to log in and you have user-only pages and people who are not paid or who are not members can't join those pages. But there's just a whole series of things that we're looking to build that are common across all applications and multiple people will be them on multiple projects or the backend portions of their site.
0: Can you give us an idea of what that looks like in practice? Because that's pretty general. Are we talking about being able to create financial-grade smart contracts just through filling out a form?
2: That would be amazing. I don't think it's going to work that easily. Right now, with the core features that should be applicable to most applications. These are things like membership, login. If you have a product that you want to sell, whatever it may be, you would need to receive payment for that. These very general things are used on all applications are current short-term sprints.
0: How are you architecting this? A lot of projects at the moment, at least, they have multi-canister ambitions, but single-canister architectures.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they actually, with the expanse of the canister memory, I think a lot of that was kind of pushed aside. I think many people were doing one canister, because so it's simpler to manage. Our first idea is to have one canister, and if we grow out of it, we're going to push the data of users onto their own canisters. Every time you deploy a site with ICME, you're building your own canisters. And if there's enough data on there, you'll take control of your data. And also eventually we'll have private key handoffs where you'll be able to take your private keys and run the application completely by yourself if you want to do that. So currently our idea is have one canister. If we outgrow that, we're going to push the data of users onto their own canisters. The second phase of that would actually be interactive canisters. So if we had a service like a database service or a NFT service that will exist outside of the main isome canister.
0: And the user would interact with those through your no-code interface and build their application, leveraging your specialized database canister and what-have-you canister. Correct. This sounds a lot like you guys are building out this open internet service model that Dom envisioned back in the day.
2: I actually, on Webprint 2.0, use Heroku a lot. I love the way Heroku does things with that. You can have Redis plugins for MySQL. There's just so many plugins that you can add in. but Some people might not need it, so they might not need to pay for it. It's very user-friendly in the fact that you can use the services that you want to use and just not even care about the ones you're not.
0: Yeah, right. No, it makes fantastic sense. So we've covered quite a bit of ground in a short amount of time. Is there anything we've missed in this overview? I would like to
1: note that maybe it's obvious, but I think there is a real unique and powerful synergy between no-code and blockchain, at least the proper blockchain. Because no code is really, you know, software can be made by the people. And in some respects, Web3 is all about software that's for the people, for the creators, you know, disintermediating actors and customers and clients so people can get paid appropriately and not have to pay fees. And so bringing that synergy is why I wrote on a blog post about ICME See Me, that It's kind of bringing together and allowing people to build software by the people for the people, which sounds kind of silly and cliche, but I think that... There is an important strand in blockchain that's all about self-empowerment of creators and content producers and builders and whoever it is in that respect, entrepreneurs, of course, and you know reducing unnecessary costs. And then the same thing there with no-code from a different perspective, not a technology flattening vision, but really a technology accessibility vision. And I think that bringing no-code into the DFINITY ecosystem it really is gonna be a very powerful and exciting way to be able to make a lot of people build because there's so many more people that want to build than can build. And I think ICME is really gonna reduce that
2: bottleneck. I think actually looking at the developer discord, if you go into the hires tab, you can see how many people are actually looking up developers to hire for the projects and it's just a huge bottleneck there with developers that are available to help these people out with the project.
0: Where can people go to use the ICME
2: app? We are currently at uh, icme.io. If you go there, you can start using it. If you need an NNS login currently, but after you log in, you can use the application normally. All the features that are live are available to everyone.
0: Well, thanks for your time, guys. It's great to just sit down and chat through some of these things because, I mean, I remember Matt Simons, who's this... Kind of shadowy legend behind the scenes of the internet computer community guiding with his nurturing hand the startup ecosystem that's been growing away here. But he was insistent that no code was the future of the internet computer. It was mid last year, we were doing all this research into no code and how it might manifest. And lo and behold, here you guys are. So it's pretty cool to see that that prediction, even if Matt and I didn't action it ourselves someone else has absolutely very exciting stuff great well i'll let you guys go but it's been a pleasure and i look forward to seeing how this all unfolds thanks so much for having us thanks so much for your
1: time
2: thanks arthur
0: the internet computer weekly has a sister newsletter featuring news project updates interesting tidbits and reading that come up over the course of the week Together, they are part of a larger effort at ecosystem building we are calling the Cycle DAO. Visit cycledao.xyz to subscribe and learn more.